Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts, Melanin Edition. I'm so happy you are here. I am extremely happy today because I have a longtime friend of mine um, on here today recording an episode that I think is going to be great. And her name is Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hey, I like your intro music. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was dancing. I was bopping a little bit. Yes, she's child, y'all. She she's she's very talented. Uh we're gonna get into all all things about Nicole in a second. But I wanna say thank you so much for doing this. Um uh, it's a pleasure to have you on this uh, on my podcast. This is her first podcast experience, y'all, so be nice to her. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to, I guess, er- give everybody a quick history of how I, I've known Nicole. F- uh, we met, ugh, I think it was 2012 or 2011, one of them. I think it was 2012. Um, we, I have no clue. Yeah, it was that like sounds two- right. Yeah, it was like 2012. Um, we did, <laughs> we did um, a show. Uh, we did Fame together. Um, you know, Fame, I'm going to live forever. And we did it. It was um, it was actually my my first. It was actually my first uh, community theater show, um, because I kind of did not do it for a long time, and so it was my first community theater show. Um, I actually remember. Like, I guess that's kind of mine too. Yeah. Okay. And I actually remember you at the at the auditions. <laughs> uh, I actually remember you at the auditions. Um, this girl. I mean, first of all, Nicole is just drop dead gorgeous. And Stop. when I first saw her, your hair was blonde. And I Yeah, was, it was blonde back in the day. Yes. I was like, who is this girl? And she slayed my life. And you were not cast as Carmen at first. You Mm-mm. you were just a dancer. Story of my life. <laughs> that's a mess <laughs> my life. um but she ended up getting the lead role um thank god i don't like thank god she did and we you know we took that train wreck and we just ran with it and it was <laughs> it was it was good for what it was and um yeah we've been we did the best with what we had we really did we really did and i will say i still have fun i had a lot of fun with the the core people that i have fun with (laughs) and yeah yeah i have fun um so i i've known her um ever since then and that was the first only time we've worked together but we've seen each other plenty of times but nicole has really grown in this theater and i was just so sitting back just looking at it i'm like okay she just got booked in this show yay go on girl then it was the next show i said okay she got booked i said okay 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 i said okay nicole like she was just booking (laughs) and so i wanted to talk to you because you know you actually did something that a lot of us dreamed about doing and that's actually making it to Broadway. And I want to talk to you about that because, you know, it seems like it happened. And then COVID just came out and, yeah. you know, just, just, just really 
wreaked havoc around so many people, especially in the theater community. And then, um, and then, you know, article just came out the other day about, you know, theater may not come back until September, 2021. And then there's all these other speculations and it's just, it just sounds extremely devastating. And, you know, I don't, I've never reached that level, but as a person who still does theater and, um, appreciates theater, I'm devastated. So I can only imagine how you and your colleagues and how a lot of other people feel. So I, I wanted to bring you on here to just to talk about a few things about that. Yeah. Sorry. Where should I start? So well. I, w- I would like to <laughs> tell me about I would I'm I'm very interested because I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to actually talk to you about you know your journey to you know making it to Broadway and you know everything that happened and I would like some of my listeners to hear a little bit about your journey because you were teaching and so I would yeah. like to you know know uh, if you can explain to us a little bit about you know your journey from when you you know were started to say you know I really want to do this more seriously to your big opportunity and talk about your big opportunity for sure yeah so when I was doing fame I was still in college um and in college I majored in music education um I love to perform but I really liked teaching and I felt like it was like a little less selfish I guess I always felt like you know like to be a performer was like a dream job, but not like realistic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was like, I was very conflicted all through college. I was like, I want to teach, but I want to perform. I want to teach. And I ended up doing both. Um, after college, I was able to teach during the, during the day and then perform at night. Um, but I was teaching half days. I was lucky enough to like find like a, just, position at this wonderful school that I student taught at um, became available and they gave me a part-time job so I just worked in the afternoons which meant that I could you know perform late at night and then teach in the morning or teach in the afternoon and it was kind of perfect I was on a dance company um, but then I decided to take that job full-time and I stopped performing for a little bit um, for about two years I was like five years in um, of just teaching and two years full-time teaching but teaching is really hard like not only hard but just exhausting um and as much as I love teaching I knew that if I stuck with teaching and fully like sacrificed the performance uh the performer in me I I just knew I wouldn't be happy so I wanted to like truly try to perform you know try to be an actor um and so I did it I left my teaching job I auditioned for actually I just I just for Footloose um at Marriott and I thought I booked it <laughs> like I definitely thought I booked it I they kept calling me in just for like um ensemble you know and a lot of people they had us on like a wait list for a really long time um but through that I actually was able to book um, Susical, the musical, which was a TYA. Um, and then after that, I ended up not booking Footloose, but it kind of just opened doors for a bunch of different stuff. Um, I was able to do a little shop at Mercury right after. Um, and then right after that, Fix the Musical came into town. And my journey into that was kind of funny, too, because when I auditioned for that, I auditioned for the 
Chicago Shakespeare's um, general season audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went in, I sang Lady Gaga, and they were like, do you have anything more musical theater? And I was like, uh, sure, but like, I came here on for six. I was just so confused. Um, I didn't get a call back. Everyone else I knew, like everyone who I was performing with, everyone else I knew was getting callbacks. And I was like, I just quit my job for this profession, and I thought I was perfect for this role. And, you know, we all have that, like, moment yes. of defeat. Like, ah, dang, I really thought that that was for me. And I was like, you know what, let's suck it up. Like, <laughs> go on with your life. You'll get the next one. Um, but luckily, I had some people around me um, who I was doing physical with, and they were all like, Nicole, I think they made a mistake. Like, you really just need to reach out. And I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to, like, reach out to them and be like, hey, I think you forgot about me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I thought that was so bizarre. Right. So I literally didn't do anything for months. I was like, no, that's weird. I'm not going to contact them and say, hey, look at me. Like, it just felt, I just, that's not me at all. Um, and then like three months go by and they're still casting. Like they still haven't found their whole cast. And I know for sure they're like looking for swings. Um, so finally I just, I, I worked on my website. I finished my website. So I just like had a bunch of videos of me dancing and singing and doing stuff. Um, so it was just like real easy to like see my portfolio per se. Um, and sent it over and then, um, they take a look, they took a look and they, they were like, it's so funny cause they did not remember me at all. Like they had no, cause like, where did you come from? We're so happy that you came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Um, and that just goes to show like sometimes auditions, like they see so many people that sometimes just like forget about people. You know what I mean? We're like yeah. all humans and sometimes that happens. Um, so I went in and, um, I sang for them. They they called me in on a Wednesday. They called me on Wednesday, asked if I could come on on audition on, on a Thursday. I did three songs, and luckily I already knew the show, like the music from the show because I was already a fan. Um, so then they, when I came in, they were like, "Wait, can you sing these songs instead?" So I was able to kind of sing um, through most of the material from the show, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm sure helped. And then. Um, they sent me some material to, they sent me three videos of dancing to learn and asked me to record myself and teach myself and um, record it by the next day. Um, and so it's so awesome. The, the cast from like Suzical, they all helped me with my audition, this, uh, like video dancing call. They like, I asked them, our manager um, at the time, our stage manager at the time, if I could use. Marriott stage and they let me use the stage and I auditioned I with all like the rest of the girls from musical they all helped me uh it was like such a cool and like fun experience um and then I was hired like that day or maybe it was the next day um but like by Friday of that week um I found out that I had gotten a swing job which is like was so crazy because I went from like literally thinking like I wasn't good enough for a callback, you know? Right. <laughs> and, like, everyone who I, like, I thought I was, you know, on the same level with, it was just, like, I felt like it was a wake-up call. I was like, well, maybe I'm not on that same level, you know? <laughs> um, to go from, like, that to, like, booking it was just pretty crazy. But sometimes, you know, things happen for a reason. Wow. You know? I don't know. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> so, what, what, yeah. um, so when you booked um um book the show 
Um, can you um briefly tell my li- my listeners the name of the show and what the show is about? Yeah. So the show is called Six, the musical. It's about Henry the Eighth. Six ex wives. Oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've done the show. It feels like now I'm like, oh my gosh, what a show. Um, it's about Henry the Eighth, Six ex wives. Um, and it they tell kind of their perspective of what happened. We all kind of know um like the old wives' tales about these ladies. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but we don't really like know their side of the story, so it's kind of like a a fantasy retelling of their sides of the stories through like pop divas. So Queen Aragon is supposed to like embody a Beyonce of sorts. Um, Bolin and Bolin is supposed to be like kind of an Avril Lavigne. Um, Jane Seymour is supposed to be like an Adele. Um, Kay Howard is. Oh, sorry. Cleve is supposed to be like a Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Lizzo, everything girl. Um, <laughs> yes. Kay Howard is like the, um, Kay Howard. She's like a Ariana Grande. Okay. And then, or like Britney Spears even. Um, and then Catherine Parr is supposed to be like an Alicia Keys or like Leon Havis, singer songwriter type. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all just tell their stories and they tell songs uh, like a la their um, inspiration of the artists that they're supposed to embody. Um, so it's kind of just like a pop concert. Lots of dancing, lots of pop music. Um, and it's like a fun party and celebration. Yes, I love the music. I love I love the music. Yes. It's super catchy. <laughs> it really is. And the costumes are everything. Like, I love the costumes. I love it. It, it, looks, yeah. it looks like a really, it looks like an yeah. amazing, it looks like a really big party. And, like, like the fashions, I, I, like, I love the costumes because every the, uh, everyone has their individuality and the individual, their their personality, you, you can definitely say, okay, mm-hmm. that costume is perfect for yeah. me. So, you know, I, re- I really like it. Uh, I really liked it. Definitely. Gabriella Slade, shout out. She is the costume designer and she is actually, she had just costume designed the Spice Girls like prior to working with us. So I was like, holy cow, like, you know, you're a big deal when you're working with the costume designer of Spice Girls. Are you Absolutely. kidding me? Absolutely. So when you, um, with I'm not a big deal. Oh. What'd you say? I said, I'm clarify. I'm not the big deal. The show is the big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so when you um booked um booked the role, um, did you already know in that moment that the show was going to um go to um you know New York and like did you already know? No, not, right, Mm-mm. right, because it was when- it wasn't it wasn't like told to you at that point, right? No, like. I mean, I don't think anyone ever knows that they're going to go to Broadway. I mean, even if you know that the tra- trajectory of a show is to get to Broadway, like, you don't know if you're actually going to be a part of that cast, you know? That's true. Um, That's true. So, I mean, it's so rare that they bring the original cast onto Broadway that they start with. Um, and we knew that the show was coming from London and it had huge success in England, um, in London. And so we knew it was, like, something that was, definitely had a fan base um at the time like we auditioned we had heard that we were going to canada at some point um but it was like nothing was like really set in stone 
And then like, along the course, we found out we were going to ART in Boston. Um, and we found out that through like social media or something. Like it was just like everything was kind of like, everything happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the hype of it was like kind of a whirlwind. So we were kind of all, everyone, including the producers, everyone was kind of catching up, you know? Right. Um, but then we found out at the end of our Chicago run that we were planning to go to Broadway. And they like the producers were pretty adamant about planning to take the original cast, um, which is super cool. Wow, like, super super cool. Um, and yeah, that's that's how it happened. <laughs> so, you packing up your life and going to Broadway. What was that experience? Um, it was cool. I felt like. At the time, you know, like you're, you know, when you're just like in the moment and you're doing stuff and just feels like this is the next step and this is stressful and this is life and whatever. Um, I just felt I'm so used to moving. Like I'm so used to moving on to the next thing. I was a military kid. I moved every like three years to yep. a new state. Um, so it just felt like, I don't know, it just felt cool. It felt like the next right thing. I was ready to kind of leave Chicago for a little bit and try something else out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great while I was there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, for like the three, get... four months I was there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was just going to get to that. So what? So the time frame between you um, you guys actually hitting Broadway to when everything kind of stopped, it was like you said three to four months? Yeah. So let's see. January, February, March. Yeah. So like three months. So we moved there. I moved there like the middle of January. We started rehearsals, we started preview, and then on our opening night, um, me and uh, Anna Uzele, who plays Par, um, we had just gotten our nails done, getting ready to like get in our car, our Uber to get to our hair and makeup for opening night, and we got a text that probably shut down <laughs> that day. So that was the trajectory. So your opening night got shut down. Yeah, like right before opening. Wow. But it wasn't like it wasn't as bad as it sounds because we did have like a month and a half of preview. So we had performed. Okay. Um, I was I got to debut three of my five queens. Um, so, and all of us were pretty tired because we had been working nonstop. So like when we heard that Broadway had shut down, we were sad. But all of us were kind of like, OK, cool, we'll get a month rest. Once this whole pandemic's over, we'll be back, you know, back in no time, stronger than ever. Um, little did we know. <laughs> so um, Little did we know. So you were in New York, which at that time was um, the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, like a hot spot? The hot spot for um, COVID. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Wh- while you were in the middle of that and, you know, doing your show and anything, did you think that it was, like, that serious? Or, like, when when was it w- when you realized, okay, shit, this is pretty serious? Oh, I think, like, honestly, when they closed Broadway. Like, when they finally... When, I, I know, like, they had closed the NBA, like, a day before. That was it for me. And I was me. like, whoa, that's... That was, that's like pretty extreme. Um, and then I was like, but I'm sure we'll be fine at least for like another week or so. Um, 
But that's when I had, I like, honestly, I, I didn't, I think we had all, like, kind of giggled about how one of our castmates, their parent had, like, warned them about how bad this coronavirus was and, like, her, like, stocked up on masks and all, and, like, toilet paper and we were kind of all, like, LOL, that's so funny, like, a pandemic, like, what is she talking about? Like, that would never happen. We were all, and then, like, a week later, lo and behold, our whole life changed. I don't think any of us really knew how serious it was. Right. I don't know. Did you? Did you like, were you? Hey, everyone. It's Daryl from Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Couple questions for you. Do you have a black owned business? Do you want to be a sponsor? Well, you've come to the right place. I have a great podcast, Daryl's Daring Thoughts, that you can sponsor your business on. You can sponsor it for one, two, three episodes or maybe the entire season. So if you want to sponsor your brand on my show, contact me at DarylDaresYou at gmail.com. That's Darrow, D-A-R-O, dares you at gmail.com to learn how you can be heard in multiple countries alongside a celebrity guest through my sponsoring ad package can't wait to hear from you i i Did you know honest, like honestly i took it serious when the nba shut down and when broadway shut down those were the two yeah. things for me like okay this is when that shut down right when that shuts down then you know it's serious because Broadway is Broadway. Broadway's like never shut down before. I never. I just like I didn't think it was like a, a reality. I didn't think it could happen. I, I never thought that there would be anything that would ever happen in in our lifetime that would make. I think I always thought Broadway would be the last thing standing out of everything yeah. because it's like yeah, like the Titanic, like the musicians just exactly. on the boat, as the boat is sinking. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why I was like, oh, this is yeah, this is pretty serious. So what was mm-hmm. your like? So what happened next for you? Good question, Cordero. <laughs> I'm not talking about like what happened next for you now. I mean, like, like, oh, I'm talk- like next in the story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like what's next in life. I was like, good question. No. Uh, <laughs> um. So after that, I stayed in New York for like about a week. Um, and kind of was like, you know, I'm gonna be as healthy as I can. I'm gonna. I had my family there too because they were there for opening night and they, um, I like in retrospect, I'm like, I should never have had them come visit knowing how bad the coronavirus would have been. Cause mm. they were like, I, I brought them to the hot spot, but luckily everyone like was able to get back. And, um, I think my brother-in-law, when he got back, he felt like he had a couple of symptoms, but it's so hard because in the beginning of coronavirus, like my roommate, she felt like she had some symptoms, but they couldn't get tested. Yes. Like, no matter how many times they would go, like, my roommate, no matter how many times she would go to the doctor and say, I had this, I had this, I had this. And they tested her for, like, the flu and stuff, and she didn't have it. Like, they still want to give her a coronavirus test. So she, like, doesn't know to this day if she had it or not. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, it was weird. It got, like, New York got very desolate. Um, and New York is, like, the, the beauty of New York is, like, the people, right? And everyone kind of got just became scared of each other. Rightfully so. You know, there was like a deadly virus. 
Um, but it just, it, it was like a very different New York. Um, and I've heard since then it's gotten better. But, um, yeah, I think most of the people who I know in New York had to like, ended up trying to leave if they could. Yeah. Or like, just like spend some time somewhere else where they can get out, like be around nature and. Absolutely. So, a different pace, you know? Right. So we're at what month now? I mean, it feels like every day feels like yeah, so like, day right now. I know, I know. So now, so right after, so when I left, I left New York and I went back to my parents' house in Southern Illinois and stayed there for a few months. And then just recently, I came here to Chicago. Um, yeah. So, so that how long has it been now? Like six, seven months. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that because I remember, I know we shut down. That was like March, right? I think everything shut down in March. Yeah, it's just like so, you know, all this like life without Broadway. I mean, of course, you know, you took time off before you did Broadway to work full time, so you weren't on stage for a period of time, so you kind of understood that. But this is a little different because at least you knew then you know, you could still, you know, go see a show, go support your friends in shows or still perfect your craft. And because, you know, there's an audition coming up, but it's like right now, how has, how has it felt to kind of not have that piece, um, that part of you to, uh, to be able to do what you love like how has that how has that been because i know um, it, it could it could be yeah. mentally exhausting i don't feel like i lost it um i feel like i like i still am able to make music i like taught myself how to produce music i took a music production course during quarantine um i've taken some acting classes like i i still feel like i'm trying to find ways to still be creative um and I guess that's like just a part of my personality. Like I, I just, I, I'm a performer because of the craft and really only because of the craft. Um, so like, even if it's not on stage, like I, I can, I can act in my living room and be happy. You know what I mean? Like right. I'll, I'll find ways to like make music or make art or find a way to dance. Um, I mean, it's, it's been like hard to not have the stage, but, I don't know. I guess my focus has just been like trying to channel my energy into other outlets, trying to do like more film work and trying to do like trying to create my own music, create my own visuals and create my own work. Really? Right. So you've actually taken this time to actually um, perfect your craft and to do things to still keep your creative juices flowing. And I, yeah. I have to say, I admire you because a lot of people haven't, <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Have, well, I mean, and, and I think everyone needs something different at this time. Like, I don't think it's anyone. I don't think it's like a bad thing. If you use this time to just rest and like, and heal. And, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a hard time. There's, it's a traumatic time. So I get it. Um, one of the ways, like, I feel like I can heal is through my art. So it's been very healing for me to be able to like write and get everything out. And, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, been, do you think that, um, 
you know, a lot of people did not have, you know, you know, this, like, you know, this was their all, you know, theater was, you know, their all. And I do think that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that like, that's, that, that was, their, that's their livelihood. You know, they didn't have, you know, a backup plan and things like that. And it seems as though to me, the government, you know, is not taking, um, the, it's not taking it's not taking um it serious with the um with the arts and the people who don't have backup plans you know to go and right. you know still support support themselves support the live um support support their livelihood and i find it very interesting that you know broadway and theater in general has brought so much so much to this world, um, so much to New York. Like if you think of New York, the first thing you think about New York is Broadway, and yeah. you know, and, and you know, and, and you know, Chicago theater, and you know, and but we're not, you know, the government is not taking care of those people who are out of work for that. And I just wanted to know what are your thoughts on how how the those of the arts have been treated during this time. Uh, I mean, I could, uh, I could, I could, I could really go there for a long time. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like this government. Speak your mind, honey. I, I this is a like safe have, place. I I just feel like they failed us in so many ways. Um, I think as a performer, obviously they failed us. Um, but just as Americans, I feel like. Congress has been like constantly delaying decisions as if our like lives are theoretical and not like we're living them every day and affected by their decisions. Yeah. Um, and as a performer, I feel it, but I think too, like on a lot and on a lot of ways and a lot of scales, um, for a lot of professions, we're all feeling the reality of, are like kind of shitty government right now. Yeah. I mean, you're, um, you're a woman, you're a woman of color. It's just like, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are. Right. right. And that's the thing is like, I'm a woman of color first, you know what right. I mean? Before I'm a performer. So like, end of the day, like, I don't know. I, I just, your profession is your profession. The things that affect me more is being a black Korean woman in America and having to deal with our white supremacist government, you know? Yes. Um, and of course, like not valuing the arts is a residual outcome of that. But um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm bothered in a lot more ways than just as an artist. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, are we, I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not that surprised of how they're not caring for the arts. Um, you know, they. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. You know, I'm at a local at, at a local level, um, I've seen them. You know, and in school, you know, the arts going out of the schools at a local level and not taking it seriously. So, you know, I can. I'm not surprised. Right. You know, even though those white supremacists are the first ones to go and go to opening night on Broadway. Um, but, (laughs) but, you know, they don't want to take care of our, um, artists. I, I don't know. I'm very, 
as a as a person who enjoys the arts in general, I am you know, it's 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 a part of me that feels it's it's a part of me that feels like it's I'm I'm missing certain certain things. Um you know, um I I I I work full time, so I've I've enjoyed the, um and accepted the part of, you know, doing my community theater and I've put on director hat and I've been directing shows. So I was actually in the middle of assistant directing a show when this happened and so it was very upsetting to not be able to, you know, um, um, produce what I've been working so hard to do for months. Yeah. And so it's like you said, it's a lot of emotions. It's it's a lot of emotions going on. And mm-hmm. and sometimes theater has just always been an outlet for me. And I don't know. It's, it's an outlet for others. And so... I I I do feel some type of way with not having live theater. Um but I will yeah. I, I do want to ask you what are your thoughts on different alternative things that people are coming up with, you know, with you know the zooms and I mean, do you think like like honestly we have to honestly like wait to 2021 of September to do any type of theater? I I feel like that something can be done i don't know yeah i mean i think i guess when i i first of all i don't i hope i don't sound like i don't miss theater i do miss theater a lot i do (laughs) definitely miss the stage um i i just try not i i'm like i feel like i'm one of those people who like i start crying in like the middle of the day like randomly and, like, it's because I haven't processed emotions that I felt like, Earl, like, you know, right, <laughs> so, like, right. what I, you know, I've had, I've had, like, my spouse of, like, crying, and then I'm like, okay, come on, Nicole, pick yourself up. So, I, I hope it don't, I don't sound, like, insensitive. Um, I am very sad that theater's not happening. Um, to go back to your question, uh, which was? remind me um so you know um was it's it's a it's a very it's a detailed question well you know that like people are doing like um zoom oh yes 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 yes, yes. and you know i think and yes do i think it tells i okay so i think that there are definitely creative ways that we can be making theater happen um i think there are a lot of creative things that we can do and i think that we see we are seeing other countries um finding creative ways to make the arts happen, whether it's like drive-in theaters or um, like ample amount of testing before you come into a theater or just better um, designed spaces. Um, so I think there's definitely things that we can do. I feel like right now our government hasn't really made it a priority, which I mean, I, I see that, you know, saving people's lives should be number one priority. Um, but yes, like keeping our lives entertaining and happy and um, having some kind of stress relief, I think it's also super important. I think um, if the government was able to step in and make it kind of a priority, that would definitely help a lot. Um, I am like, I'm okay if I like never have to Zoom again. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how I feel about like Zoom shows per se. Um, but I do think that, like, this is definitely a time that we're going to have to think more, like, locally um, and 
really like do the best in our communities to to try to keep the arts alive. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think it's more sad. I'm more sad hearing about you not being able to produce your show than about Broadway shutting down. And I know that sounds that might sound weird, but like. Broadway was an industry, you know what I mean? Like right. it's an industry, just like the airline industry, just like, you know what I mean? There's so many Broadway, I think will end up being okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think we'll end up being able to turn this around. I worry more for the artists who may feel like, like I had that epiphany today. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting older. And I know that doesn't sound crazy, but as this quarantine is going on, like, as I get older, am I going to like lose my window of time that I could do this, you know, pursue this one passion or this right. one dream? And I know that's not a reality, but I think on an individual le- like level, I think it's way harder than yeah. as an industry. That's true. That's um, true. I agree. But yeah, I, I kind of skirted around your question. No, that was... What else can we be doing? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, makes, it makes sense. I, um, I definitely under, feel yeah. everything that you said, especially at a local level. Um, I do agree that local theaters have are, are taking probably a huger hit um, right now and trying yeah. to find different ways of being creative. Um I just announced a the um I just started a theater company with six other people and we just made our announcement today. And we, Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Um so Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. And so now we are trying to find, you know, creative ways, but I think we're in a we're in a good spot because we don't have a building. So, you know, it's like, okay, everything's going to be yeah. on, online for us for now for a little while until we're yeah. able to, you know, rent spaces. So it's good for us. But I will say that, yeah, this, these, these are t- challenging times for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people in the arts, um, whether you're performers and, or whatever the case may be. But it's, it's really cool that you're able to, I think this time that everyone has right now, which I know we don't all have availability right now because some of us are busier than others right now, but um, has been like a huge equalizer for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's been really because we're all like we're all confined to our houses right now. We all have to be as creative as possible. So I think people um, who didn't like you guys didn't have a building before but now it's okay because you can all work from home you know like i feel like it's kind of becoming this equalizer right um for all of us to kind of do with what we can and um not use like you know a bunch of resources absolutely to like help to help uh boost us in ways that other people can't yeah i guess right um so that's really cool thank you I have one more question for you. Um, It's kind of off the topic of what's been going on, (laughs) but it's actually have been going on, you know, with everything that's been going on with, you know, police brutality and um, a lot of things with Black Lives Matter. um, And you are a huge advocate for a lot of different things. And the one thing that I did notice that happened is, you know, how a lot of a lot of companies have been trying to, you know, get their shit right and say, hey, we do support, but let's try to, you know, let's try to show our support. And I saw that um, Broadway 
different committees and things started doing that as well. And I just wanted to know if you had, you know, during your time of trying to, of, of growing in your career, growing in your craft and getting to where you were, um, anywhere down that line, did you feel as though that as a black Korean woman that you had struggles based off of, you know, of your race, your, you know, being a woman. And do you think that um, there is light at the end of the tunnel now that we are in this moment where people are starting to realize the parts that they've played in those decisions? Yeah, I think um, definitely I've dealt with things that, I like kind of hate talking about um, even just like on my journey, we like within the last couple of years um, in regards to being a black Korean woman. Um, I, I guess I, I don't want to get into too many details. Oh, yeah, I don't want to yeah, like yeah. drag anyone. Um, oh no, I wasn't asked for specifics. I don't want to get sued. Yeah, no, I know you were asking. <laughs> But I don't give up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, follow up question. So, well, I guess basically, like you know, with um you know, discrimination in theater is something that you know we've all experienced. You know, we've seen um that they are trying to make you know different ways of um you know include people of color more on stage. I guess, but I guess the thing that I personally would want to see more is us, us being at the table for those decision making processes. And I think, and I think that, you know, in this year, you know, people have been, you know, people have been brave enough to call people out, call different organizations Mm -hmm. and industries out. And so I guess um, my question would be to you is, do you see that, do you see that those things can be you know, this could be a good time for those changes to be had in the future for, you know, Broadway and for just performing in general. For sure. I think, I think this is a really great time. I think now that we're in quarantine and people are having the time to like actually sit in the flat, I think it's been a really awesome time for, for people to speak out on their experiences and um, the changes that they want to see. Um, I think <laughs> cancel culture has definitely helped a lot. Um, helped a lot, a lot. I, how do you feel about cancel culture? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it because I, I, I don't want people to, I want people to make the changes because they want to and not because they right. feel like they have to. Yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's my yeah, I, that's, yeah. that sums it up for me. Yeah, and I think that's that's yeah. It's, it, I think that's so fair. Um, and I think sometimes like cancel culture works in that way, where like someone's called out, and then they do have the opportunity to change. Um, and I've definitely seen a lot of people kind of wake up, and like people who I've even had conflicts with, or like had run-ins with. Um, who I've seen change, and now that I'm like kind of seeing that their their eyes are opening and we're having deeper conversations, you know, I don't have that desire 
to call them out anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I think, I think that's like super important too, is like allowing people to like grow. Yes. What, like exactly what you said, allowing that change to happen. And, um, I think it's happening in a lot of ways. I think in a lot of ways it's happening in very performative ways. I think like right now for Broadway to like take a stand on it, it has to be performative because there is no Broadway. You know what I mean? Like right. there, there is no, there's nothing happening right now. So I think the real answer will be when Broadway's back to normal, when like everything and you know, everyone's back to work and then be back to normal. When everything is back to normal, when we act when we're too busy in our day to day, like, how those decisions are made will tell us, I think, where these entities really stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it was just performative or was, if it was, I mean, because right now everyone kind of had to say something. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I felt like everyone had pressed, felt the pressure to say something, um, which is great. It's a positive form of peer pressure, but then sometimes it's scary because you don't know who's telling the truth. That's true. Um, so I think that that's one of those things that like time will tell. Like, are we really going to put people of color in decision-making positions? Or are we going to like put a title like diversity leader, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be like something that like is real and long lasting or is it just going to be another bad day? That's true. Um, and it's great to see the people who've been stepping up and making sure and you know demanding things um, from our from our equity leagues and from Broadway and from the arts throughout America. Um, but yeah, I think it'll it, time will tell. You know. Awesome, awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you. I will say one more thing. Um, anything you want to say to people about voting? Do it. Vote. And hopefully you guys know who to vote for. Um, but vote. And look up your like local elections, too. Yes. And um, judges and all of it is so important and it's so cool that now if you're mail-in voting like i think the coolest and most threatening thing about mail-in voting is like now you can like take your time and look up every single person on the ballot um which i'm sure is super scary to people with um (laughs) uh like not the best ideals yes um but i think if enough of us young people do it and actually pull through we can see some lasting changes in our government Hopefully. Absolutely. Yes, we do. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. I appreciate you for being on here. Um, I appreciate your creativity throughout this time and how you've been staying busy. It's very inspiring. And I so look forward to seeing you back on that great stage doing the thing that you love to do. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been really awesome. And you got to call me up sometime so we can just kiki. Absolutely. 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 (laughs) I love you. I love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye.
to follow me on social media you can go to instagram i'm very active on instagram um it's cordero underscore santiago follow me on instagram to just stay in touch with everything i'll talk about i'll update you on um the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to I'm so excited that I have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics, any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed, or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode, I have an email address for you to do all of those things. The email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. So I'll spell that for you. Darrow, D-A-R-O, D-A-R-E, S U Darrow dares you at gmail.com. Send me an email.